sake, let's take a minute and give it up for podcasts. Am I right? Um, no, but seriously, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make podcasts. So let me explain. One, it's free. Two, it literally gives you all the tools you need in order to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is amazing. Um, also, the best part, in my opinion, is that it'll distribute your podcast for you. So you can hear it on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pretty amazing, and you literally have to do nothing. The other thing is, you can make money from your podcast. There's no like minimum listenership required, so that's kind of cool. Um, But yeah, seriously, if you're like into podcasts and thinking about making one, I would check it out because it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, So yeah, go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What are you waiting for? Hey, thanks for tuning in. I'm Serena. I'm Victoria. And this is our podcast, Femme Noir. It's a podcast where we basically talk about movies centered around women. So we're going to talk about movies that are written by women, movies that are directed by women, or movies starring women. Well, hello, and welcome to Femme Noir. I'm Serena. I'm Victoria. And we are a podcast all about women in film. For so long, the American film industry has placed a spotlight on the male experience, from prominently catering to male directors and writers to featuring, and never condemning, misogynistic themes and narratives. Women in film have always existed, and it's time to talk about them. Join us here on Femnoir Podcast every two weeks as we discuss and review movies that are written by, directed by, or starring women. So we haven't um, explained our segments in a hot minute. Um, I was doing a really good job of that the first couple of episodes, explaining like how we we're going to break things down. And we keep saying like, oh, we want new listeners and stuff like that. But then I realized like, or Serena pointed it out that like they wouldn't know what we're even talking about. Like people that listen to it all the time are like, oh, we know the segments and stuff like that. But I should probably explain it every time. So I'm going to um, refresh a little bit so the structure of the podcast. So we'll start by giving our first impressions of the film based on the trailer and our first watch of the movie. Then we'll go into breaking down the film and discuss notable scenes and things that worked well or worked against the themes of the film. Um, afterwards, we'll discuss when and how the film passes the Bechdel test. And um, we're going to try and link something um, if you're not familiar with the Bechdel test, because we've uh, talked about it a little bit in a lot in uh, our other podcasts. And so you can kind of look at the explanations that we've given and, and the things that we're looking for mm-hmm. um, in how we're judging that. And then finally, we'll give our final scores of the film. So 10 stars is a perfect movie needing no improvements. Um, five stars is a flawed movie, but it's still watchable. And then one star is like the worst fucking movie we've ever seen. Like if mm-hmm. we were seeing it in a theater, we would have walked out. And so fuck <laughs> the fact that we paid $12, we're not staying. We would have gone to sleep, gone to the bathroom for 20 minutes. And then if it's like yes. five stars, um, I would like, you know, it's kind of like maybe I would watch it if it was on, but it's not something that I would like want to watch again. Like, on purpose, Exactly. <laughs> and then we'll end with similar movies that we would recommend if you enjoyed this movie and then some other films by the director. So that's what we try to do every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not explained it in a, in a while. A couple episodes, so. Slacking, of course, but, we've got yeah. some other segments that we sometimes throw in that are kind of fun, but those are going to be surprises from now on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? I didn't mention the fact that we do fuck Mary friend zone so every episode we also do a fuck Mary friend zone oh, where we look at the male episode. characters of the movie 
yeah and we say okay which one are we gonna fuck which one are you gonna marry which one are we gonna friend zone to kind of just like um i don't know guys always do that with girls Turn and the they are like oh this girl's so this and that whatever so we're kind of just like you know turning turning the turntables a little bit all the turns um, tables <laughs> yeah <laughs> Also, I just think it's so funny that whenever we do that and I post a segment of it on like TikTok or something, like there's always some dude that gets angry and it just, it makes my day. They're like, how dare you talk about men and about if you would date them or not? And I'm like, hmm, not so nice. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, oh, so I see you've gotten the point. <laughs> and we t- I think I mentioned this in the Promising Young Woman one that um someone got paid to like do a review of promising young woman and he was like oh yeah she wasn't like hot enough like i didn't believe that like someone would rape her like she needed to be hotter because like like, whatever and i was like okay you know what yeah if guys get paid to write reviews like that and do stuff like that i don't feel bad for doing this i don't feel bad at all so whatever yeah i don't feel bad mainly because like i'm not interested like neither of us are really interested in them anyway so it's even funnier (laughs) that's the joke is that we're like we actually don't care. <laughs> and that's why a lot of care. episodes, yeah, sometimes we skip it, but. That is the joke. That's the joke, is that <laughs> neither of us are straight and we don't really like men <laughs> in general. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not even impressed. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Okay, so the film that we are talking about today is the film Pieces of a Woman, um, 2020. I think it was released direct from Netflix, directed mm-hmm. by Cornel Mondrusco. Mm-hmm. Um, it follows uh, the uh, life of a woman who has a heartbreaking home birth and it leaves her grappling with the profound emotional fallout, isolated from her partner and family by a chasm of grief. I got mm-hmm. that synopsis off of a letterbox. Um, and we watched it because it is nominated, I think, for yeah. is it Best Picture? Or I can't remember. It's definitely Actor. at least Best Actress. But while you look that up, I will also like to point out that it's written by a woman. But I looked up right before this, actually, just because I was like, oh, I wonder what other movies this director's done. And it turns out they're actually partners, like romantic partners. And so no they have consistently made movies together. Um, and they haven't really made any like American movies. Like, I think they've made a few, but they're not like famous for their American movies. So I thought it was pretty interesting. I just thought that would be cool to point out because I think both Vic and I, when we watched it, we pointed out like you can definitely tell it's written by a woman, but also the way that they directed was very non-male gazy and we thought it was really interesting. So I was wondering what the dynamic between, because sometimes it's important, I guess, like the dynamic that the director and the writer have in order to make choices because sometimes there's writers that write things and they have a specific view in mind and then the director will come in and they'll add things or they'll take things out because they don't agree with the writer. Um, and certain times you can tell that it's it's done in a way where it's like, oh, these two get along. They know what they've done. Um, there's another movie that's really good and eventually we will review it. Um, Thelma and Louise, which was directed by Ridley Scott, but it was actually written by a woman. And it was cool because they actually had a very not romantic or like whatever relationship but they got along really well in Ridley Scott allowing choices to not necessarily be all of his 
And so, like, when it came to the writing, he didn't change anything that was written already. He just directed it, which was kind of cool. It is only nominated for Best Actress. She killed it. Yeah, kind of should be nominated for more. (laughs) Like, this is going to sound really dumb, but it also, like, we're going to do recommendations later. But for some reason, like... This movie made me think of Call Me By Your Name. I don't know what it was. What? Like, the coloring. <laughs> what? No, no, no. Just, like, visually. Like, visually. Purely visually. I want to say it had to do with, like, the color schemes of the movie and, like, like, like the color grading. Literally the color grading of the movie. And then there was the whole thing with, like, they had this, like, floral kind of, like, theme throughout the movie that kind of picked up. And then, of course... They were obsessed with her hands and, like, her nail polish, which, for some reason, I think is something that, like, I, oh my goodness, I was listening to something earlier. It was, like, a review about this show called, I think it's called Generation, and how they thought it was really cool, like, the different ways that, like, the different characters have their gaze, um mirrored in the cinematography of the show, and they were saying, like, yeah, like, for this one character, like, he's obsessed with so-and-so's, like, hands. He's obsessed with his blah, blah, blah. And, like, um, and they also kind of dwelt into the thing where they're, like, women tend to, like, look at, like, your smile or your eyes and, like, stuff like that. And then it was, like, but, like, gay men like to look at each other's, like, hands. And I was, like, that's really interesting. I don't know necessarily if that's true because I'm not a gay man. And I was like, because, like, that's definitely something I look at. Like, when I look at, like, other people, like, I'm always, like, oh, look at their eyes. Look at, like, how they smile or, like, mannerisms like that. And so I thought it was interesting that there are, like, certain characters have certain things that they focus on and other people that is mirrored through the cinematography. And so I thought that was interesting because that is something that you see in not only Call Me By Your Name, but in this movie. And I think because I've watched Call Me By Your Name, so many times I immediately was like oh my gosh they're focusing on her hands like I immediately was like oh I've seen this before and calling by your name I wanted to bring up because we were gonna we were trying to just we were going through like Oscar noms and just trying to see which ones would maybe be like good to talk about or you know women-centric and this one was kind of interesting so we were like okay let's watch this one and then you actually said you were like you texted me like as you started the movie and you're like oh Shia LaBeouf is in this and I remembered when the FK Twig shit went down, they took his name off of the Netflix credits. Yes. Um, yeah. Because I, I had no idea. And then I saw him and I was like, is that what you think it is? And I was like, he's still making movies? I thought he was like, not making movies. And a lot, yeah, a lot of people like praised Netflix and they were like, oh yeah, like that's so good. Like, I'm glad they're doing something about it. Da, da, da. I think they just did it because they wanted people to still watch the movie. Yeah. Like they were kind of trying to trick people into still watching it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's stupid. I thought it was really stupid (laughs) that they did that. Yeah. It's like you probably should have take the movie down. Yeah. Like, Like if you're real, take the movie down. Just like the the fact that they just took the name off, I was like, they wanted people that didn't know because once people saw that his name was on there, they'd be like, I'm not going to watch it. We can give credit to Vanessa Kirby, though, because she served. Lord Almighty, did she (laughs) act her ass off in this movie? (laughs) 
Okay, so let's like, talk about wow. like the movie itself. So first impressions yeah. done. That has that we're done with that part. And now let's talk about the yeah. movie. So you texted me when you're watching that first uh sequence. There's a lot of long takes in this one. Like that first mm-hmm. sequence where she's literally giving birth. Then you said it was really not sexualized, and that was really cool. That's yeah, amazing. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's amazing how like, low the bar is. That it's like okay, making yeah. pregnancy and birth not sexy. We're like, wow, that's cool. There's there's like other movies and shows where it's like it's not necessarily sexualized, but it's definitely not like realistic or like the way that it's done is just kind of like oh yeah she's pregnant and then like immediately she's just not pregnant anymore yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) and you're just like okay that didn't make any sense no that's true like she's just like oh my god i'm pregnant and then she like has the baby and like the whole time they never like they don't ever show like the fact that pregnancy is like painful like half the time they'll be like oh i'm having contractions ow 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 and it's like is that really what it's like maybe for some women but like most women are doing like the yeah like let me try and breathe and they're screaming fuck and they're like oh my god this hurts (laughs) right kind of a thing so that was really interesting to see like a full-on birth scene but then even when they're doing that they're like the man can't be in here like uh, like the guy like passes out or something or like it's a shot from like in between her legs looking up at people <laughs> yeah yeah which yeah, I don't yeah. know why yeah, that's a we thing. need that shot yeah it's not necessary but I guess that was like the only way they could think of which is still inherently sexual because everyone knows they're just looking at her vagina yeah and it's just like and like it's the scope of what is it I don't it? like the way that that's shot and it's just it's weird yeah but yeah, it was not definitely this shot that is other way stuff. better in this movie. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, they didn't show anything. They just showed, like, like oh, like, she, she was in the bath. Like, she still had her clothes on. Like, there wasn't any, like, it wasn't, un- <laughs> I'm going to say it wasn't uncomfortable, like, to be in the space with her. Like, if I was physically there, I'd be like, yeah, like, she's pregnant. This is normal. Um, But it was interesting because... I thought going into this movie that it was going to be hard to watch because I was like told by multiple people that it's a hard watch and that it's like, you know, like read. And so like when, when someone tells me something's a hard watch, I'm thinking like girl, the dragon tattoo, like, Oh, the girl oh, that was brutalized. And it's like, you know, like hard to watch because so-and-so like the woman or the character is being like beat up and it's just like a lot of stuff like that. Like I didn't think they meant hard to watch because we watch her give birth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, and uh, so like the whole time I kept waiting for something like bad, like physically, like some type of like wife beating type thing or. or well, like, that did kind of happen as well. <laughs> it did kind of happen. Yeah. yeah. And, like, there was the scene where he's trying to, like, get, he's trying to, like, get on top of her to have sex with her, and she literally keeps pushing her off. Yeah. But I literally kept waiting to see, like, like, you know, like, close-up shots of, like, you, like, you know how they'll do, like, the close-up shots of, like, him grabbing her breast or, like, his hand up her pants or whatever. Like, I kept waiting to see that, like, in close-ups, and then, like, it didn't happen, and I was, like, this was not as hard to watch which is stupid because like it shouldn't be easy to watch anyone being harassed or like like at all but it was way easier to watch this because it wasn't from the toxic gaze of like 
how it normally is that we're so used to. Right. Which is messed up. Yeah. And it's interesting because we mentioned this before too, but the director, right, and the cinematographer um, were all men. And so that was something that we could entertain mm-hmm. the idea of was like, you know, it, we say things like male gaze and, and such things and like whatever, toxic masculinity and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, it's really the individual that can, you know, couldn't like, what is it, subscribe to those sorts of behaviors or not. Because um, mm-hmm. it, w- it was really like... Um, I guess I guess I see where it it mirrors maybe call call me by your name because there in definitely in call me by your name there's a lot of distance like you feel very distant from the characters you don't feel yeah. involved you feel like yeah, very yeah. apart You're and I feel like yeah and I feel like in this movie too you feel very apart they don't they don't let you get close that's a, that's a, that was a good yeah. um, you observation just watch her do her thing. yes oh my god my thing <laughs> fell out and then your voice came hopefully my mind didn't pick that up. Um, but yeah, it was like, um, and also with the long takes, that that was something very common by your name as well. There's a lot of long takes, and then you, yeah. you watch as a viewer from the distance, like the in, the relationship unfold and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I think yeah, I even read a review that said something about that. That's like you don't necessarily get to be in her shoes, but you get to understand. Mm-hmm. And I was, I thought that was really well said. Um, because, yeah, you do go to the movie, you aren't necessarily, like, you can't comprehend what it's like to feel that, but you can understand what she's going through through the movie. And I think they did it in a really, like, beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Um, because it did feel very much like her story. It didn't feel like, like, I didn't feel like Shia LaBeouf's character was making her, like, overshadowing her mm-hmm. and her story and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, because obviously, like, he had his struggles or whatever with it, like, his character, and, like, the mom had her struggles with it, and, like, the the rest of the family had their kind of way of dealing with this, like, horrible thing, um, but it's very much her story, and so I thought it was really cool, because you see it go through, like, the whole movie of this theme of, like, her and the way that she deals with this mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, and it's really, like, I honestly really liked it. I thought it was really, like, I would watch it again. I really would. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate because I as well watched it after the whole Shia LaBeouf news broke. And I was like, okay, great. And it didn't really help that he was not a cute husband in this movie. He was really mean and bad. Um, yeah, there's a scene where he's, like, fucking her he up butt. and, like, he cheats on her and this and that. Um, so that definitely was not cute and did not feel good. Um, but it, I do feel bad. Um I feel bad letting his his presence like overshadow the existence of all the other minds that went into creating the work, um, because yeah, I, I was impressed. I'm normally not it's into that kind of movie. stuff. Yeah, it's a pretty damn good movie, and I I was I'm not really into that kind of stuff usually. Um, yeah. like things that are serious, things that are dramatic, things are very, that are very realistic. This movie was really good. I really liked it, and again, I, yeah, mm-hmm. or uh, I agree with you. I would also watch it again. Um, yeah. so yeah. Because it was, like, not only was it really well written, Mm -hmm. like, the dialogue was really cool, um, except, (laughs) this is my only thing with it, was when she's giving her speech in the courthouse at the end, it did feel a bit cheesy. She was like, my daughter didn't come into this world for this, she came in for this other thing, and I was like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that part was a little bit cheesy, but everything else was, like, amazing. Like, there was a, the dinner scene, and I would compare this one to Black Bear, because I felt Mm -hmm. like this dinner scene was what Black Bear was trying to do, and completely 
failed. Yeah, when they go to the mom's dinner house? scene. Yeah. Yeah. The yes. house. You're so right. When You're right. There's so much like silence. You're right. There's this awkward conversation. But then the way that the camera moves and follows the different characters, again, it's a longer take, but it follows different characters and it follows their eye line. Mm. And so you get to see, like, okay. I'm looking at this person and then it's like you can see that this person is not looking back or this person's avoiding eye contact and then it switches to another person and then it like follows their feet on the ground and pans up oh they're in a different room oh I see they're right outside the room and they just keep walking through instead of participating in the conversation it was so well done mm -hmm. like I have never Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. That that scene will live in my mind forever. No, I agree. It that was a so really good. impressionable scene. Yeah. It was, yeah. And the dialogue, yeah, it was really nice there. They they were very naturalistic actors. It was really Because they did um they did a similar thing. Ari Aster actually does this a lot in his films in both Hereditary and um Midsummer. He uses like mirrors. Um and so they also they did something similar in this movie where there was this like in in that sequence. I want to say Vanessa Kirby's character is like she's looking down like playing with like the trinkets but there's like a like a hall mirror or something like that and you can see her sister like walking up behind her and she like glances at her sister's reflection in the mirror and there's like the tension created in that and I just thought oh my goodness that was so genius like what a way to use the space and like the camera movement and like the lack of camera movement it was so good yeah so good but then the dialogue like helped it out even more because it was like if there wasn't any dialogue but there was the whole time it was like an awkward dinner party there's the her brother-in-law kirby well yeah kirby's vanessa kirby's character's brother-in-law <laughs> what is her character's name i Why can't I check because i'm using my that? phone to record let me google it i know i can't either <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of uh clicking ignore that so her name is uh, Martha. Martha. And her brother is... Because uh, it's her sister's husband, right? Which is Eliza Schlesinger. Schlesinger. The only Eliza other guy... Schlesinger. Yes, <laughs> Anita... The only other guy listed in the credits is Jimmy Fails as Max. I can't remember what's in that. I want to say Max is the husband okay. of Eliza Schlesinger's character. Okay. Who I was shocked to see was in this movie because I was like, she's a comedian. I've seen so many of her stand-ups on Netflix. <laughs> and I was like, she's, she's, she acts too? That's cool. <laughs> she can like, do everything. She's doing great. <laughs> she's doing amazing. Um, but yeah, so he's he's sitting there and he's talking to Shia LaBeouf's character and they're just having this stupid conversation trying not to talk about the thing that everyone wants to talk about. It's like elephant in the room, awkward party conversation. And he goes and he sits down and he goes, yeah, so I've been checking out the church. And I don't know, I actually audibly laughed at this because I was like, wow, that's it. Like, that's something someone would say in real life. And it played out so well in the scene because he sits down and he goes, so I've been going to this church and there's something with the guy. And he, and then he's like, what, what's the guy called? And he's like, oh, it's the pastor. Yeah, the pastor, the guy. And he goes, the guy said, and he's like, and this is something I will always remember. It really stuck with me. And he goes, time heals all wounds. Fuck that. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> it's too real. And everyone kind of like, everyone in the room stops for a second and they're like, this is really what he had to say right now because no one had anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> it 
<laughs> and it was so funny. And then he's like, yeah, no, that, yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> and I was like. Drop some wisdom that was so on good. you. That's Definitely have not heard that before. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. That was so funny to me. And I was like, well, yeah, that's some realism for you. <laughs> okay. So now we're going to discuss. This movie does pass about the test. So I guess it just like where and then how. Pretty um, soon. Yeah. Right? When the Because she's talking to her mom. Uh at the car dealership the when they're buying the car from her brother. Uh well in the first scene when she's giving birth, she talks to the person. Oh yeah, the midwife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, that's good. There's a lot of girls in this that's one. That's true. There's a lot of I don't of remember ladies. where that comes. Well, um, no, that's after the the car dealership because they buy the car. No, in right? The, what? In the first scene, the car the movie, isn't that that's the first scene in the movie where she gives birth. No, no, no. What? The first scene is Shia LaBeouf comes on character because he's at work, and then he goes, and they oh yeah, and then both of them go to buy a car because they're like, we need a car for because we're having a kid. Oh my gosh, this is gonna be so much fun. And then after that is when they go home, and then everything goes down. But it's like car dealership. Why don't I remember? Yeah, because they're buying the car from the brother, (laughs) and she's talking to the mom because the mom is the one that is helping them with the payments for the car so that they can get this car. And they're talking about like, yeah, we're gonna need a like a a new car because the car that we have isn't like good for children or whatever. He's like, my daughter's gonna have the safest blah blah blah. And they're talking about like how they're what the hell? I was literally I was like. Pregnancy the first scene of the movie. <laughs> it's a long scene. Scenes. It's like what twenty three minutes, I believe. That the birth scene. It was like, and it know. just sticks with you. Like, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, honestly, the fact that I just checked earlier for the what is it, the husband in law, and he, there's only two men listed in the main cast. It's just Shia LaBeouf. Oh, Jimmy Fields is Max, and then Benny Safdie is Chris, and then everyone else that's listed is a woman. That's pretty cool. Oh, <laughs> I lied. Ben Safdie is the brother slash husband. No, he was the car dealership guy. That's the brother. They're the same person. What? That's why it was like a family thing. They were like, oh, thanks, man, for getting us this car. That's why he goes to him in the end. He's like, hey, I need to give you back the car. And that's why he helps him out because they're related. I thought related. he was just being weird. No. Okay, I didn't understand this movie. When men come on screen, I just face them. <laughs> okay, never mind. So I remember seeing Ben's after. Can we talk about the Where's cast for a second? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, who yeah. the heck is Max? <laughs> He's gonna be on the FMF. <laughs> <It's like two laughs> he has to be. There's only three. Yeah. yeah. Who the heck is Max? I don't know. Okay, for, say what you're gonna say first, and I'll figure it out in a second. <laughs> this cast? Why did they go so hard? <laughs> they went so hard with this cast, bro. I was like, all right, we got Vanessa Kirby, which she did amazing. You've got the mom, who also did amazing. Should have been nominated as well. You've got Eliza Schlesinger, which I was like, I was kind of shook because of like, I've never seen her act, but I know her so much from her comedy and stand up and stuff like on Instagram and her like sketch shows and stuff. And so I was like, what the heck? She's in this movie. And then I was like, and her husband's Ben Safdie, like the guy, that guy, seriously. I was like, no <laughs> way. Uncut like Jones Uncut Gems Safdie brothers, like Ben Safdie. That's so funny. <laughs> I was like, good time, Ben yeah. Safdie. No. Wow. Okay. He's cool. employed. Like, why? Why did they go so hard? They didn't need to go that hard. They did. <laughs> <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, I feel like it did a pretty good job in terms of 
don't know, lots of girls. And the girls talk about the yeah, there's a guys. lot of like. And then because it's written by a woman, they also added in a little like female perspective, like, like. They included the part where she another bathroom scene, woman pee, y'all. This we we do in fact <laughs> go to the restroom. I just find it funny every time a movie uh puts that in there, you know. So she goes to the bathroom at work, and. Oh, is Max the stupid, the one black guy in the movie? The guy that was in her desk? <laughs> he has a name? Let me look at it. So it's not Max. Anyway, she goes and she yeah, sees that him. guy that's guy sitting that... in her desk. <laughs> you didn't get it from one black guy? Are you not looking at like their pictures too? <laughs> what happened? What? You're just looking at the credits. Well, on, on Wikipedia, his name is linked, but his Wikipedia page doesn't have a picture. Oh, his picture doesn't show up. Yeah. I was like, he's the only person of color in the whole movie. <laughs> but she ends up like, she's like, okay, well, oh. and she like walks out or whatever. And then she like goes to the bathroom and they show that she has to wear like, because like women that are pregnant, like it's very common to like tear down, down there. Like. And then you are also, like, really sore because you just pushed a baby through your freaking vagina. But it's, like, also possible to, like, tear your vagina during pregnancy. And so oftentimes they have to wear, like, certain pads and, like, packs to, like, soothe your vagina because it's just so sore. And they, she had one in her underwear that they showed in the scene because they, she, like, drops her pants, but it's just from the outside of the, of the stall. And it shows her feet and like her pants like bundled up and there's like a little aloe pad there. Which wow, I was like, I didn't what even an interesting that. thing to include. Oh, that's random. <laughs> I was like, I they didn't even both like, that. yeah, that like really sucks. Because it, it, they do this thing like in, after she loses the baby where they show like she still has to go through all of the postpartum stuff. She just doesn't have the physical child. And so she goes through mm. like the depression. She goes through the lactating. They have that scene where she's looking at the small kid and she's like, wow, I'm so mad that I, like, I don't have a kid. And she's like literally crying, just looking at this random child in the mall. And then she starts lactating. Mm-hmm. And I was like, of course you have to include those in the story. Because like <laughs> when you give birth, you have not only like an, like a, an emotional connection to this child, but your body physically changes through this whole thing. And so why wouldn't you include that in a story about a woman that not only loses this child, but is also now physically and mentally having to deal with like this whole situation, like the pregnancy, the postpartum, like all of it. And so it just Mm -hmm. makes sense to like include that in a story. And that's just something I guess like is very prevalent in the writing because I've seen stories where they like, talk about like oh we lost the baby and it's just like she's just like oh back at a coffee shop with her best friend like talking yeah I lost the baby and like it's written by a man and she's like yeah I just really wanted to have something that was mine and you're like mm, of course you would think that man. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a thing yeah <laughs> like so I don't know there are a lot of like details like that they're very specific just to like like the female perspective that you could feel like coming out of this movie <laughs> that's interesting that you picked up on those i never would have even noticed because <laughs> there's also the relationship with her mom which is cool because it's the first female she talks to is her mom and i want to say the last one she talks to maybe it says that you turned off your camera okay 
um, the last woman that she talks to, maybe, sorry, I got a notification, uh, low power mode or whatever. Um, but it's something that like carries out through, throughout the movie, which I thought was interesting was how her mother, and this was also just a work of genius as far as like the writing goes as well, because her mother's constantly like asking him like, Oh, are you okay? Like her mother, cause this is kind of like a subplot, but her mother's going through, um, like beginning stages of dementia, I believe, where she's slowly starting to forget things. Like she, the sister comes to her house and is like, you need to like be more present because like mom's going through some crap right now. And like, you're not here. And she's like, okay, well I'm also going through my crap. So I don't necessarily want to like answer the phone all 7 billion times that mom's calling me because like I'm grieving the fact that I lost a child and then I still have to go to the physical aspects of postpartum. And she's like, okay, well, mom called you because she literally almost burnt the house down because she forgot that she had turned on the stove and like went to go do something else and almost burned the house down. And then you see it later on when she's, um, like at the end of the film when they're out for dinner and she's like, Oh, I didn't order that. And they're like, mom, you ordered that. Like mm-hmm. you ordered that salad. It's yours. Yeah. Um, which is why I think the speech a little bit after the dinner scene, when Martha is telling her, she's like, you're ashamed that I didn't like that the baby died. Like you're ashamed that I couldn't do this, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You're blaming me for it. And it's one of those scenes where it's like you know for a fact that the mother isn't thinking this but that it's something that the character herself is projecting onto her mother yeah and hasn't dealt with yet yeah and I thought that the way that they like did that because then her mother she goes and she says I remember exactly what it was like for my mother when I was a kid and she tells her the whole story and she's like because I didn't raise you to not stand up for yourself and to not deal with things. Like you have to deal with this somehow. And it sounds a little harsh at first, but then it really does like snap in her and like in Martha's characters, like mind right then and the acting again, amazing. Cause you can see, you can see it in her eyes. She's like, ding, 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 that's it. And then in the courtroom, when she finally gives the speech, it's not really a great speech, but it's the fact that she gives it that's so, like, powerful. And so, yeah, I just thought it was, like, really cool because you have this relationship with her mother, which are often not exactly written that well. And you've got these details that make these characters really, like, fleshed out of, like, how they interact with each other you have the sister that's like okay i'm here but i'm also not here and i can't really be here all the time but like i still love both of you kind of a thing (laughs) and then you have the mom who's like i'm having trouble with my memory but i can tell you for a fact that the important things i still remember like i'm still your mother i still know you and i'm still here for you kind of a thing which i thought was a really strong narrative because oftentimes you get stories about like even the way they pitch those movies like oh this woman has to go through all of this by herself and you watch the movie and you're like except she actually doesn't she's got multiple women in her life that help her out which is Mm -hmm. wonderful yeah i have like nothing to add you like say everything's so good i'm like you know what that's true and you know what that's it (laughs) period dang actually i know we already have three recommendations but there's another one actually that I remembered that I had thought about when I was watching the film so I'll add this one to my recommendations okay. um, but let's uh let's play FMF first <laughs> okay 
So we have um we have Shia LaBeouf and Sean Carson. Let's uh, okay. Anyway, hold on. Shia LaBeouf and Sean Carson. Mm-hmm. Benny Shafi and Chris. Murder. I was gonna say that. Damn it! You made me do a joke. Said we didn't I was gonna kill say, people, but girl, I was gonna make that joke. You literally stole it. Oh my god! I was gonna make Victoria, that joke. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyway, I won't be pressed. Okay, so Shiloh and Sean Carson, Benny Safdie as Chris, and then Jimmy Phils as Max, who I didn't even know was a character until now. I know, we were like, who the heck is this guy? I forgot he was there <laughs> until I was like, oh yeah, he was the one non-white person in the movie. I think I would marry him. <laughs> oh wait, we're not doing Mary. I know. Fuck friend zone and then murder. Okay. So, yeah, so murder, Shia, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then a friend zone, friend zone Max, and then I'd, I'd screw Safty. Me too. I was friend zone Max. Yeah. Oh, Safty too? I guess so. Probably in real life, if I was into <laughs> that, but. <laughs> You're like, I can get into it, Benny. What's that? I'm just, yeah, if, if I had to, I wouldn't have that, you know. Wow, this segment is honestly just good so I can know what your type is. Because honestly, you're like, I don't have a type. I'm not into that, whatever, whatever. But then you, you like, there's certain people that you're like, no. There's certain people. I would try it. I would try. Serena's ready to risk it all for this random person. (laughs) Um, okay. What comes after this? Are we going to rate the movie now? I already forgot. I'm, we're the host. I can't remember. We're rating the movie. (laughs) Rating the movie? (laughs) Yes. Hmm. Reading it. Okay, like I would suggest people watch this. Like I actually really like this movie and I would watch it again. I'd probably give it like an eight out of ten, to be honest. Like I thought it was beautiful. Wow, that's really, really high. Done. The acting was great. Just skip over the scenes with Shy in it. They're really not even that important, to be honest. Which is why it gets docked. And her speech at the end was kind of dumb. Like I I it could have been better. For how good the rest of the movie was, it just you wanted felt a, a sad like, ending. No, no, no! Like her speech was just kind of like I was expecting like a good speech, and it was just kind of like I didn't think it was basic. bad. <laughs> like I've heard that speech before. Well, I didn't think it was bad. You know, it felt like know. everyone else's speech. I thought it was an okay speech. <laughs> it also just seemed a little weird because it's like, why would you give a speech in a courtroom? Like, she could have done well, that. Well, because that was, like, the last chance Logistically, any other way. Like, she could have been, like, okay, no, I just want to talk to, like, the jury. Or, like, like she could have literally... Because, like, the reason she gave the speech was, like, yeah, please don't, like, make this woman go to jail because, like, my mother decided to sue her kind of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, yeah, it was, like, interesting. But then I guess she had, like, other cases and she was just, like one of the cases and she was like for me no it wasn't like she could have just had that one-on-one with the lady you know well i guess uh, to me it makes sense because of the the things that they were dealing with like when she was having that conversation with her mom it was about like shame and it was about that kind of stuff so if it was personal if it was private she wouldn't have had a character arc but she kind of comes through in the fact that she's like you know what i don't care who's she just says it in front of everybody like who hears it yeah yeah and so i feel like that kind of made sense at least maybe yeah me yeah 
And even like the way that they market it, they say it's like a courtroom drama, but it's not a courtroom drama. Wow, yeah, not at all. Is that what they say? You should said it in yeah. the beginning. <laughs> like I looked up the movie and they were like, it's a courtroom drama. And I was like, it's not a courtroom drama. They're barely in court. Wow. And then I'm like the scene wow. that they show on Netflix, like of the like in the banner before the movie, like if you click on the movie, is her in the courtroom. No. And so I thought way. there was gonna be a lot more like courtroom scenes, and I was like, this is literally such a subplot to this movie. I didn't even know it was marketed like that. You just said it in the beginning. What the heck? Oh my god. I just remembered that they wow. did that. Sorry. No, it's okay. I didn't even know that they did that. I didn't see any trailers or anything. I only knew it because of the Oscars. Yeah, I only knew it because of the Oscars. And, and I think and I had seen like I'd seen stuff about it on Instagram because I follow them on Instagram, but I didn't see like scenes or anything. I just saw like pieces of a woman comes out. Like you know how people have like the headlines of articles and they like screenshot and post it on Instagram. That's all I saw. Yeah, stuff like that, and like the the poster of like the what's it called the movie poster. Yeah, digital poster because yeah. Whatever. It's fine. Because real life doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunate. Um, I would give it like a seven. It was definitely better than, yeah, like I would recommend it. I thought it was a great watch. Yeah. Um, But yeah, yeah, it just wasn't perfect, I guess. Yeah. And it's not something that you like. I'm hard to please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would have been like, I'll wait for it to not be in the theaters. I'll wait for it to be on the internet. Yeah. Because this is something like, like I just watch movies like. I will literally be like, I'm bored. Let me just literally just kind of play Russian roulette with Netflix and just whatever ends up playing plays. So, like, I will just sit through a movie and be like, I have no idea what it is. Sure, let's go for it. <laughs> like, yeah. It'll, that's why I That's why I probably, like, have so many recommendations for this movie is because, like, I didn't mean to really watch any of, this, of these movies. It just kind of did. <laughs> so what are your recommendations? So first off, I would recommend um, Mother of George, which I actually had to watch for an anthropology class. Um, And it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. I would say like, it's definitely the kind of like slice of life um, talking about like, like shame and like cultural, um, just things like within like culture and society that kind of like surround women and childbirth. but it's not there. It's not as I guess like triggering as pieces of a woman would be because pieces of a woman's definitely like I would not recommend anybody watch this without knowing that she loses the baby first. Like go into it knowing that because it can be extremely triggering for someone that's like lost a kid or anything similar to that, where it's just like really sensitive to things like that. Um, Mother of George is different because it's about um, the Yorba, which is a Nigerian. So it's a Nigerian American film, and it talks about not only the Nigerian American like experience, um, but also just like the ideas of womanhood and motherhood and marriage, and just like how their culture translate in America and vice versa. Um, I also thought that Beyond the Lights, which is a Gina Prince by the Wood movie, would be a good one if you liked this movie. Um, you would probably like Beyond the Lights a lot. We're definitely going to watch it at some point and review it because it's amazing in my opinion. I think it's great. You end up watching it 
you end up watching at least one scene for school if you go to film school. Like, you will probably end up watching something or it's been mentioned in like a textbook or something like it comes across it's really good um definitely another like slice of life this one talks a little bit more about like mental health and like depression and growing up under like a lot of pressure but it's also got a very interesting like mother-daughter relationship which is why i would recommend it um 20th century woman is another one I would recommend because that one also kind of surrounds these ideas of like women and their interaction and um it's pretty cool it's got Annette Benning, it's got uh Greta Gerwig um yeah and then it also kind of surrounds these ideas of like womanhood motherhood relationships being like single divorced uh having children versus not having children etc and then finally, the last movie, <laughs> and this one, this one is just kind of like a, it's fun for me. I want to see if anyone watches it and what they think about it, to be honest. If you do watch this movie, please comment and let me know. Or like, if you've seen it, because I, I don't know if I like this movie, but I definitely want people to watch it because I want to talk about it with other people, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's called Life Itself with Pedro, Be or not Pedro Pascal, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. It's got Olivia Wilde and Oscar Isaac in it. And Antonio Banderas. Fun fact. Um, I'm not going to say anything about it. I just want you to watch it. I think it's interesting. Wow, the only up. reason I would recommend it is because it talks about like life. And so like life and death and like the struggles of that. But I want you to watch it, please, for me. For me. <laughs> watch the movie please or like talk to me about it because I don't know if I like it but I definitely like think about it so often like it just comes up in my memory like in my mind and then sometimes it's relevant and I don't know it's 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 interesting to say the least so yeah that that's what I got for you today I think I have one um the reason I would recommend this one is simply because of not necessarily the subject of the content matter but the way that um they deal with something that well in in this movie that I'm going to recommend it's really it's a lot more intense subject matter than a miscarriage um so it deals with so the movie is called Joy it came out in 2018 um the director is Sudabe Mortizai um and it deals with uh sex trafficking in the United Kingdom um a woman mm. who comes from um i can't remember the country and like it's it's like a whole um like sub business and it's non-documentary but it's uh it feels real in the same way that this movie it, you it, it feels very realistic they try to get you to feel like this is just lifted from real life almost as a mm -hmm. documentary um and i feel like in this movie um pieces of a woman it was kind of um not, i don't want to say unsatisfying but there are a lot of subplots that don't get happy endings i think that her standing in front of the courtroom and saying like it's okay like I forgive her and stuff like that that was really the only thing that resembled a resolution um mm -hmm. she like you know her husband leaves and like all this stuff happens and then her mother gets dementia and yeah. it, everything ends very um it doesn't make you feel good um so, yeah it's just life <laughs> yeah and so and that movie I feel like is kind of the same it doesn't really give you a resolution I mean the movie ends and you feel like okay this story is over but it's not something where it's like oh and everyone lived happily ever after Mm. Um, and so if those sorts of things, like, you know, a sort of drama, but it's, it's very like slow, lots of long takes, it's very realistic. And then that sort of ending, um, then you would enjoy the movie Joy 2018, not the Jennifer Lawrence one, 
There's another movie called Joy, and it does not have her in it. So it's not that one, <laughs> if that's what you're thinking. Yeah, that's what I would recommend. Yeah, I guess that's all we have for you today. Thanks for listening or watching however you're consuming this content, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe <laughs> if you're on YouTube. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but seriously, you could help us out. That'd be great. Um, comment, subscribe, like it, share it with your friends. Um, follow us on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Anyway, bye, guys. <laughs> bye.